Welcome to the podcast series, Irish by the Grace of God. And here's your host, Tony Gorman. Great news, everybody. Irish by the Grace of God have now got a badly needed sponsor. GetDigs.ie are an Irish company that specialize in rental accommodation on a Monday to Friday basis. And homeowners can rent out a room in their home for part of the week and still avail of the government's rent-a-room scheme and earn up to 14000 per annum tax-free. That's fourteen grand. That's a serious incentive. They also have a presence in the UK with getdigs.co.uk. And their homeowners can earn up to £7,500 sterling per annum tax-free for renting out a room. And now they're also launching in the USA with a website called fivesleeps.com. That's the number five followed by sleeps.com, fivesleeps.com. So check out the websites for more details and uh, make contact with them. My next guest is uh, Ruth Hoy. And I, I think I have the pronunciation uh, right there, Ruth, uh, depending on what area of Ireland you're in. Um, so she's uh, born and bred in Drogheda, and she's been traveling uh, since, I suppose, uh, young adults onwards. Uh, Ruth, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you. And thank, thanks a million for coming on. Thank you. It's exciting. <laughs> so anyway, we'll start off with maybe your history growing up in Ireland. You know, what was that like growing up in Drogheda? You know, second or primary school, secondary school, education, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think I think it's probably not dissimilar to a lot of Irish people in that. Uh, well, I'm from a very very small place. So as you said, Drogheda, where I'm actually from, is Sandpit, Termonfecan, County Loud, which is two very micro villages next to Drada. So my upbringing was so small. Like I suppose everything. There was sixteen in my class in primary school. Wow, right? sixteen yeah. of us. We don't know, which is now like you think about grades in the US, where there's hundreds and hundreds of kids your own age. Like that's such a different kind of experience we had growing up. Um, and then obviously when, we, when I got older, I went to secondary school, it was like a bigger experience. And then I went to college in Dublin and obviously that was a lot bigger. But I think the whole experience of coming from a very, very small place where everyone kind of knows each other, which is so lovely. But also I think it's just made, it made me, I think, so antsy to, to kind of, get out and sure. not get out and leave in a way that I didn't like it but I felt like the world was just so so big right and I was in a very small place and I was itching to kind of get out and discover it I think that's if I can think about my sentiment and my relationship with Ireland growing up it felt very much like I couldn't wait to kind of live I couldn't yeah, wait yeah, to yeah, experience yeah. Um, the world much too I think my mum's <laughs> uh, stress levels. It was like, she, I couldn't understand at 14 why I couldn't go to London by myself for the weekend. Or yeah, yeah. Like, I just couldn't understand why I had to stay here for another four years or whatever. I, just, I couldn't grasp it. So 
That I think. That's what, pa- th- that's what parents are there for, I think. <laughs> and it's funny, I have a twin sister, so, and she's very similar. We're both, we both had that exact same sense growing up, and, but it meant we would just tag team my mom, like, you know, just both go at her at the same time at our parents to be like, let us do this, let us do this, let us leave, let us do this. And couldn't understand and was just so outraged that we that we had to stay in Turban Fecken until we finished our education. Like that was the biggest disappointment yeah. of, of my teenage life. But looking back, it was it's such a great place to grow up. Like I've still got a lot of friends from the from you know this you know from Turban Fecken and I still have there's a lot of fondness and people remember you and remember details about you and know your uncles know your aunts know your mom and dad and all that stuff is actually so so special now that I do live in a very big place where um there's a lot a little bit more alienation than there, yeah. there would be say even in Ireland. Termit Ficken is a great name it's like it's nearly like a swear word isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear this story though about the signs this story is great like Somehow the, the road signs for Turban Vecken have been getting stolen lately and they're showing up on the black market for like tens of thousands of euro. Like you can buy a, a sign for, I think it's to sell to maybe Irish pubs all over the world, but the signs are getting robbed. So it's quite funny. So I don't know if there are any signs here at the moment, but if you, I don't know, if you're in a, an Irish pub in Uganda and you see a Turban Vecken sign, probably bought illegally well thanks for advertising that anyway so whatever mm-hmm. signs are left are going to be gone yeah. soon <laughs> <laughs> so is it the council or whatever the, the parish committee can can have my head <laughs> so that's primary school where was secondary school route i went to green hills and drada it's um, an old girl school and it was pretty big it's, i know um, green hills yeah 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 so I did like I did transition year there. I loved it. It was like I loved the last few years. It was again just like hundreds of it was big. There were a lot of girls in my year and it was just it was kind of mad in the sense that, you know, I don't know, 150 girls all in one year can can seem like to people, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I still have great friends from that. So yeah, that's great. And all the usual teenage discos and youth clubs and all that kind of stuff. such a crazy person I didn't my mom wouldn't let us go to a load of that stuff when she was quite strict wow um which <laughs> led to I think why me and my sister are kind of a bit we're a bit mad then when we left because we were just so itching to go to all these all these things I was turned 17 they gave us a little bit and said you know you're an adult now that's perfect yeah yeah, yeah. you're an adult now you can you can take responsibility for yourself. So once I turned 17, I think the the parental controls lessened somewhat. Okay. And then leave insert then and you did you go to uni? I did. I went to Trinity in Dublin. So you were un- unleashed in Dublin. I was and we lived up there in halls on Dartry Road in an apartment with six girls who are still my best friends wow. going to one of their weddings at the weekend but um 
it was just freedom. It was freedom in just pure and utter freedom. Absolutely loved it. And we had I had a bit of money from a, a part time job and I you know, I could make twenty euro stretch for like twenty euro was a great night out. Like that yeah, was an amazing yeah, yeah. night out you had. You got a bottle of wine or a nagging of vodka, a couple of shots when you were in there, a taxi home and maybe a, a chipper if you were lucky. And that was a great night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I went out every single night of the week. I didn't go to college much. <laughs> um, should have gone more, I think, when I look back. But I did as a year of that abroad. So for my third year, I went to L.A. I got to do a study abroad opportunity which I think really awakened my desire to, to leave and to move abroad one day. Brilliant. And what did you study, Ruth? So I studied English literature and history. So right. my degree is probably as, as useful at like a dinner party <laughs> more than <laughs> in the real life. But it was a great, I loved it. It was it was English and history still were my favorite subjects at school and they're I still love reading and something I just love yeah. to do. And I felt if I needed to study something for four years, it better be something that I liked. That was my thought process. Brilliant. Yeah. So you finish your degree and what happened? You did your third year in Los Angeles. So you got a, a taste of, you know, being abroad and being let loose in the world. Yeah, and so we, I went to UCLA for a year, so it was kind of jammy in the sense, like, it's it's such a good opportunity, like the Erasmus opportunity or the study abroad in college opportunity is such an amazing opportunity. Lots of people want do it and go to all different places, and some of them, I think, end up in, like, I don't know, doing their degree in Spanish, which is a lot more... Uh, academic than I was I went to an English-speaking country and did uh, and went to UCLA which is a really fun it's a beautiful school so it's like the campus that like is in the California movies of like oh, yeah. huge lawns and um, football games basketball games wow. like it's the experience and how many students? And, how many students would be in there? Oh my god, thousands and thousands. It's oh, huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they have things like they have a whole shopping center there. They have um Jeez. you know, a big auditorium, they have a music hall that like does symphonies, and it's it, it's like a little mini town, and the town itself that it's in is called Westwood, which is beautiful, right next to Beverly Hills. It's near Santa Monica, like it is in a little perfect enclave of Los Angeles that like yeah. I could never afford to live there myself yeah. even now but it was just so magic and it was it was great because I went by myself I met there was a and I just met people or oh, I lived on dorms and I just met all these people and who I never I didn't know a soul and um it was so just you stayed you stayed you stayed on campus so was it yeah, yeah yeah so and campus accommodation was very expensive and so three three of us were in one room on two sets of bunk beds like <laughs> it was so funny and we were the best of friends like the best of friends 
just in our in our bunk beds and down. And were were they yeah. Irish or were they American? One was English and one was American. Oh wow, yeah. So and I'm still pretty close with the the English girl. Went to her wedding this summer. We we're pretty close. She yeah. was actually in Trinity as well. I just didn't know her, but um, we we just were unleashed, you know. And then we were 21, which was a huge deal because then you can drink there. That's right. So yeah. that made us, you know film stars practically um and it was just a fabulous experience it was it was a, a lovely way of just like bringing yourself into a scenario with no no training wheels you know you no friends to kind of support you no family to kind of there to support you it's a real exercise in knowing yourself and relying on yourself and trusting yourself and just going with things yeah. um and it's I like at 21, that's probably the best thing I could have done, you know, to to get to know myself. Brilliant, brilliant. And it was the same on third year, it's the same course, it's history and English and yeah. Okay, brilliant. And then just go back and do your fourth year. But I, I didn't do much study in UCLA, I think. I think I I did a little bit, but I was more enjoying the experience of it. And then that kind of made things a bit trickier when I came home to Dublin and did my fourth year, but we got through it and we, we got, we got, we got the degree and everything worked out great. So you have your degree in your back pocket and yeah. you're, you're in Ireland. Uh, so what does Ruth do then? Do you, do you start working in Ireland? Yeah, it's so funny. So I, I remember being in LA and just loving California and knowing that I wanted to come back California like that I never really knew what I wanted to do I didn't ha ever have like grand ambitions to be this or that hmm. but I did know I really wanted to get back to the U.S. and I tried to do my fourth year in the U.S. but I couldn't because it wasn't part of the agreement and I didn't have a visa and so I remember thinking to myself if I want to get back to America I need to get a job in a company that will sponsor me a visa. Like I had that realization at 22 when I was applying for jobs, which was quite helpful um, in terms of like, I, I had a focus of what companies and kinds of companies I wanted to go for when I was applying for jobs. And so I remember being, being like, oh, Google, that's like a big tech company. They're American. Like it was, it was that small process. <laughs> And so I applied for a lot of multinational companies and then I got a grad job at Google in Dublin when I was about, I did, I did a couple of jobs before then, but I was probably nine months out of college when I got that job with Google in Dublin. And I had a very clear idea of like, okay, I'm here and I'm going to work as hard as I can so I can transition or go back over to the so US. So I'm kind of curious, um, Ruth, like your degree is in English and history and you you're applying for you know multinational high-tech positions how, how does somebody with a, an English and history degree wangle their way into Google what's the position well, or what's the role well so those grad jobs at the time and I think they still are now in a lot of those companies they're very they're kind of either sales jobs, like you're kind of entering in an, an ad sales job and you're kind of getting versed in sales, 
or you're doing like a customer support service, but they're very people focused. And the, oh, okay. the goal of that program is to hire a person, not necessarily respect like of their degree, not necessarily for their degree, but they're really thinking about the person and the skill set and how they can develop and grow that person. So those companies kind of look at candidates that way, which is helpful for someone with my degree. But I did a lot of um, college like activities. I did society stuff at college, like I was treasurer of a debate society. Um, I did an internship um, in in sales with Procter and Gamble during the summer. Like I had experience. I always okay. worked. Yes. And so I think that was really helpful in terms of selling myself into my first job, which which was a variation of like customer support, ad sales. That was that kind of job, which, um, you know, you need to have demonstrate that you are able to work with people. You're able to sell. You're able to communicate really well. You've kind of got a, a business acumen of some kind, even if it isn't represented in a degree like on a degree paper per se, like you have to do some aptitude tests. So that that's kind of how how it happened. Now I don't. It was also 2014, and Dublin was Google Dublin was hiring grads as fast as they could. Yeah. I was very lucky with timing. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, you well. you you come across as and at a very young age as well as having a clear vision of where you want to be and. Of being mo- highly motivated as well, so that obviously was very helpful to you know achieving where you wanted to go. Yeah, I think so, and I don't know if I had actually if I hadn't gone to LA, I don't know if I would have had that focus, you know, because I had yeah. a goal. Sure, I think it's really hard to leave college. G- generally, it's very difficult because um, it's such a change. It's so there's no structure anymore or there's no safety anymore. You're in the real world and you're like, is this it? Like, is, is this is hard, right? This is, this is hard. So yeah, yeah. it's hard anyway. And I think it's even more difficult if you don't have any idea of what it is that you want to do. And I think just even me knowing that I wanted to go to this place, was helpful like yeah, I did because yeah, I, yeah. I didn't it didn't really matter to me what I did that much yeah provided it was a good company with good people that was something I cared about was like the environment I worked in um less so the, the path per se um and so having that goal from LA or from from traveling abroad and kind of having that goal of wanting to experience living in the US like was helpful I think yeah, yeah, it's it's peculiar. I mean, I'm in the twilight of my career and I still don't know what, what I want to do. <laughs> no, and it's so much, I think it's so damaging, I think, sometimes to tell people you should have, like, a passion and you should be working in your passion. Like, that's stressful. Because um, oftentimes people's passions are not necessarily anything to do with their job, right? It could be, yeah. like, your passion is your family or your passion is your hobby or and so sometimes I'm like do a lot of different things try out a bunch of stuff work with good people have a nice uh, have a job that you like and you feel motivated by and you can change it you're not stuck to certain career paths I think telling people you have to have one thing 
that you should know and you should stick with and be the best at is not realistic and it's sometimes not helpful yeah that makes sense and uh, so how long did you stay in uh the dublin google i stayed there for about two and a half years okay so yeah you have to do a certain amount i loved it it was like i had a great crew of people who i started at the same time with we're all like very close friends such a good um company to develop you as a young grad um, and that you work with, it was, it's, it is still the European headquarters. So there's people from all over Europe working there and the US to a degree, but it's such a hub. It's so fun. It's all like people in their 20s, mainly 40s, a little bit now, 50s. And everyone's just there because they have the job. So they're open to meeting new people, open to, you know, having friendships with new people. So I was just meeting so many different people all the time. Yeah. Um, so the impression, you know, uh, back in the day anyway, when they came first was Google was being coloured bean bags and slides coming down into the lobby and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Is that what, is that what? I mean, yeah, definitely still like that. Typically during a working day, if you're, you know, pretty busy, you're not on a beanbag, you know, you know, and if and if you're always on a beanbag, maybe there's there's a reason for it. But it's a great place to work. Like it's um it's but I think it's less so for those more so for the the openness and inclusivity and the folk, the people that they hire and the energy that that does when you have great people from all different backgrounds like that gives such an energy like I've worked in places before where it's just been the same staff for like decades and decades and decades and there's just a very singular way of doing things and like if you don't fit in or if you don't bring if you, your ideas are a little bit different you can feel very stifled or you feel like you don't really belong and I think having a more open inclusive dynamic atmosphere is like the real kind of color yeah. of it the yeah. real magic of it versus the perks which are still very nice um but it's it's kind of those things i think are most important so okay so you're two and a half years there it does a, a position come up in um san francisco yeah. that you, okay tell me yeah you need sorry yeah no you're all right <laughs> just tell me the story behind that yeah so i you have to do a bit of time like everyone kind of does their grad role for like two years two and a half years and then you're kind of again eligible for other positions because you can demonstrate you've a bit of company experience behind you and and then an opportunity opened up in san francisco um doing like kind of more the ad sales or the ad sales that i was doing in dublin but kind of for bigger larger clients and so again i didn't really care what kind of client base? I was like, just get me the, the the job that opened up. You know, that was that was how I went about it. And so, yeah, I got the job and I moved over in October 2016. So October 6th I think was around the time I moved. And so, you know, just in terms of the 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 emigrating experience or just leaving Ireland with the knowledge that you're more than likely going to be gone for, you know, some time. How did that hit you? And, you know, 
how did it hit the your family and you know was it uh, emotional or i don't know it's it's i, don't, I, I never asked him i never asked him <laughs> i think that was that's honestly it i think i just said i'm you know they knew i always wanted it and they knew it was probably going to happen at some point unless something changed here that would make me yeah okay and so I don't think it was a surprise. And I think at the beginning, I very much was of the of the mindset, and I think a lot of immigrants are, that like, it'll be one year or two months. You know, I'm going to try it for a year. Yeah. I think it's harder now when I'm gone six years and I'm not showing really much sign of returning. I think that's <laughs> a little bit more difficult for them than the initial move, which was just excitement. Yeah, I yeah. felt just total excitement. And it's funny, if I were to do it again now, I'd be so much more nervous and have so much more trepidation. But back then, I de- I just put all my stuff in two suitcases and away I went. Like Fearless. 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 And yeah. I just think now, I'm like, oh God, now I second guess whether I move anywhere else. What do I do? Like, I... You know, I, I don't know how I was so singular and so fearless yeah. then, but I was. And I think maybe a lot of people have that feeling when they're something, um, which I was then. But it, yeah, I didn't. I just moved. I just I just went. And so and yeah. had you any connections over there? Obviously, you, 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 you'd, you'd meet, um, you know, people at work. But, um, you know, out, did you integrate with... Uh, any of the Irish, you often hear people just heading to an Irish pub or heading to an Irish club or uh, trying yeah. to integrate in the Irish. Was 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 that anything you did or did you shy away from that scene? I think it was a bit of both. So I only knew two people there at the beginning. So one of my, my best friends from LA, he was from San Francisco and he lived there and he's American and has been born and raised there. So he put me up for the first couple of weeks. Oh, brilliant. Whilst I kind of found myself an apartment. And then at the same time, girl from my from work moved over as well. She's Irish, was same, moved over the exact same time. And so she was like, she and I lived together. So I was like, you know, so I lived with this Irish girl and I had who was brand new as well. And I had a best friend who was American. And so it was we just, me and Kate is her name, the Irish girl. Kate and I just, I think at the very beginning, had said, we're going to everything. Like, if we get an invite, we're going. If, if you know, we hear something going on, we're going. And we followed Ollie, who was our, our the American friend. We followed him everywhere. We just said, can we come? Can we come? Can we come? And we just went to everything. And I think as well, I think we were a month in and maybe, or a month or six weeks in. We were a bit reluctant to just hang out with Irish people, but also at the same time, we didn't know Irish people. Like, we didn't know anyone there. So yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. I was just happy to hang out with people. And I think we were there two months, max, six weeks. And Kate was like, we just met all these people in separate situations. We should have a party. We need to just have a party and just ask them to come. These people we may have just met once or twice get them all to come and get them to bring anyone they want to bring. And that was the best thing we could have done because it kind of formed a little crew. 
that you kind of had. Brilliant. Um, and but honestly, the first year is like a bit of a blur. It was, um, I don't really remember. I I remember going to everything, not knowing where I was going, not knowing who the person was, and just it's like throwing stuff at a wall and hoping something will stick. That was what I would describe the first year. And then more people moved over through work. More Irish people moved over, and then it started to grow a little bit more. Okay, excellent. Well, um, yeah, just get your views on you know differences between Ireland and US culturally. You know, workplace. You know, they talk about the Irish crack. You you know do do the do the Americans get you know, the, the sarcastic crack of the Irish and, uh, you know, that type of thing. What's your take on that? Yeah, it depends who you talk to. I think culturally, no. Like, well, culturally, they're very polite. They're yeah. very, like, proper <laughs> and kind of polite. Um, and it depends. You, you just have to get one or two. And once they kind of realise that, you know, we're having a bit of crack here, they'll get with it. So we've like a pretty big kind of Irish crew and there's there's some Americans in it who are practically more Irish than us at this point. Like they get the crack, they get yes, the sarcasm, yes. they're <laughs> mad and they've been to about 20 Irish weddings already, you know? So there's a yeah. few of them like that. I would say like a big difference culturally in like a positive way is like Americans are very positive when it comes to success right yeah. so there's I'd like to think of an that was something I noticed and maybe it's being in San Francisco where there's a lot of new businesses and there's a lot of startups and there's a lot of stories of people taking big risks for professional success or to do cool things and in America I just couldn't get over with the, the positivity with which those people were being discussed they were like isn't that person so cool? Like, look what he's doing. He's hustling mm. so hard. Whereas in Ireland, we'd not maybe them. I'm being <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd not bring them down. <laughs> we bring them down exactly. We kind of say we'll find the the negative. We'll say something like, "Ah, well, he got help. You know, he got help. He got a bit of help for that." Or his family are in that business anyway, and like we take them down whereas in america there's such a celebration of people's success that um i found a really kind of a distinction and that's probably why people go to those places because you've got not only money or money there but people are willing to put that money towards you and people are willing to like cheer you on and give you the motivation that you need um, when you're doing something very difficult, like starting yeah, a company. Yeah, I think probably in my take on it is there's probably more of an entrepreneurial, uh, you know, um, side of things in the States. And probably confidence has a, a lot to do with it as well. But I think Ireland are, mm -hmm. are, are, are getting there as well. Um, you know, you've got the, totally. Coll the Collison brothers are, are not doing too badly. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing great and they're really highly regarded in the states too and really highly regarded in san francisco um where they, i think they, they have a big office there too and so no i do think it's really changing i think that was definitely though one of the things i just noticed just in everyday 
discussions with people like the, the every like even someone you know who might be 10 degrees of separation away from like the company or something they'd be like oh look but he that's so cool like there yeah, was yeah, like yeah. a kind of a broader cultural appreciation for people working really hard they have to work very hard though like it's a very tough place to live it is yeah, yeah very um expensive it is stressful but it's also like you know losing your job over there you lose you could lose everything so people work incredibly hard and i think that's why irish i think in ireland we have a lot more of a like nine to five you know i'm not you know when i'm done i'm done and i'm going to relax now and there's a lot more of a european laid backness or approach to work-life balance in Ireland that I, I appreciate and I try and adopt more than working every hour that God gives. But um, I think in America, you have to appreciate that people have to work so hard yeah, yeah. Um, because it is just a really tough place to live. So Roosh, um, before the interview started, we were just discussing different hobbies and stuff like that. You mentioned that one of your passions is skiing in the mountains. Um, but you also mentioned uh, that you loved, you had a passion for reading. So what type of stuff are you reading at the moment? Yeah, so I love fiction, contemporary fiction. I love, um, you know, trying to read mindfulness books now. Um, I think that's another great thing about America that's inflected is this kind of uh, people being focused on their mental health and people embracing therapy so i'm kind of into all of those books as well um and there's yeah a, i love cooking there's a great book yeah uh, you should uh, if you get a chance he's a limerick man dermot whelan he, he's also on the, the the radio he wrote a book called mindful Ooh. and uh it's really it's a really good read so um you, you should get your hands on that um now probably the most important question uh, of the night is uh, what do you miss most about Ireland? Barry's tea, potato <laughs> crisps, a pint of Guinness, or your mother's oh. cooking? Oh, it's so funny. Like, I never used to care about any of this stuff. And then you move and you're like, hook the Guinness to my veins. <laughs> See, I bring back all the Barry's tea so much. And my mother is an excellent cook. She would not want me to say otherwise. I think I miss, I think, I, you know what I miss? I, th- I think it's like the mother's cooking on a pint, it's a pint of Guinness, it's a pint of Guinness, sorry. <laughs> you just can't be topped anywhere else. Like I can buy the butter, I can buy the get- berries, I can attempt to replicate my mum's, but you just can't, you can't get a good Guinness in San Francisco. No, like, you can't. It doesn't forget tra- about it. I don't think it travels well, does it? There's a spot in New York that I think I've had a decent pint in, but like the further west you go, it's just not happening. Yeah. Okay, listen, uh, just so the listeners know, uh, Rue travelled today from San Francisco. (laughs) So how many hours were you travelling in total? It's about a 10-hour flight. So it's not as bad if you think of like Australia and other places, but yeah, I'm I'm a bit. I'm a bit tired. You're wrecked. You're wrecked. Okay, you learn your sleep. Listen, Root, thanks a million. Really appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll meet again. 
Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thanks a million for asking me. Not at all. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode of Irish by the Grace of God. If you like it, please share it with your friends and family and check out our website shows.acast.com forward slash Irish by the Grace of God hyphen podcast. Here you'll find all our social media pages to make contact. If you know of any Irish people living abroad with an interesting tale, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you and tune in next week. Bye bye.